Hey everybody, welcome back to the E-Hunter podcast. Seth and I are back again for another podcast for you guys today. Seth, you there with me? I am, I am here. Awesome. We are, uh, kind of as always, doing this remotely. Seth and I never actually get a chance to get together. One of these days, Seth, we need to, uh, we need to start doing these things together. Face to face, meet in some, uh, cafe and hear the forks clinking and in between <laughs> bites of eggs and stuff. Hey, I'm, I'm all right with that as long as they're good eggs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we should be doing this like on top of a mountain hunting somewhere, though. That's true. Yeah. Well, before we get into the podcast, though, guys, um, as always, we want to thank our sponsor, Vortex Optics. Um, man, spending a lot of time with Vortex Optics, looking through those things lately. Um, been using a lot of their products. I've been using the... The Razer UHD 10s, UHD 18s, um, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, just kind of everything <laughs> lately. It's uh, we're kind of in the heart of hunting season right now, and which I guess I probably better apologize to everybody. We're a little bit inconsistent right now with podcasts, but you kind of have to expect that during hunting season. We do pretty well outside of the, outside of the seasons, but um, Seth and I have both been spending as much time as we possibly can on the mountains behind our vortex optics and. Um, been having a good time, so we want to we want to thank them and appreciate them. We um, we'll have a lot more videos and stuff coming out with a lot of product reviews, how tos, things like that uh, re- as it relates to the Vortex Optics lineup. Um, a lot of really good stuff. Go to their website; it's vortexoptics.com. If you guys have any questions, again, Seth and I spend a lot of time using their products and um, get into the nitty gritty of them. We we talk to Mark pretty frequently and. He kind of he he gets way nitty gritty with these products. Actually, I was talking to Ryan the other day at uh, at Vortex, and yeah, man, dude, I don't know if you guys listen to the Vortex Nation podcast, but do you listen to that podcast, Seth? I do from time to time. I'm not as consistent as I need to be, but I do I do listen to it from time to time. Dude, Ryan is like a wealth of information. Like I have been watching. Like I'm getting like. I'm not getting. I, I love guns, I, but I'm I'm looking at a, a new gun I want to buy. And uh, so I've been doing some research, and I swear everything I research pulls up Ryan. And I can't say his last name very well. Muckenhern, I think is how you say his last name. But uh, that dude is a wealth of information. So anyways, I digress. Anyways, go check them out. Um, but if you have any questions, let us know. We can we can definitely help out. We appreciate them and, and everything that they do for us. They, they really support everything that we do here at eHunter. So, and also before we yep, get going. Grab it. Oh, go ahead, Seth. I was just going to say, make sure you grab a pair of those UHDs because now that I've got a pair, um, I find myself pulling out the 18s and my tripod pretty much every time I find an animal. (laughs) I find one with the the 10 powers and uh, immediately the 18s come out. (laughs) That's the great thing about it is you can have the 10s on your chest to like hurry and glance at something, but then have the, the 18s on the tripod to really just sit down and look through and... You know, there's, a, there's that lifelong question of, you know, what's better, binos or a, a spotting scope? And I, lately, I've been using the 18s more than the spotting scope because it's just easier on the eyes. Yeah. It is. I, I You can, like, the biggest thing is, especially midday, if you don't want to go back to camp or whatever, you can pick a, a mountainside apart, just sit down, and you've got way better eye relief. For me, at least, you know, not having one eye closed all the time, trying to look through a spotting scope, uh, having both eyes open, looking through those 18s is I don't nearly see the, the eye fatigue that I was getting before with the spotting scope. 
<laughs> when I was uh, by myself scouting in Colorado um, when I lived out there. I actually lived there. I'm here actually in Colorado right now on business, but um, I ended up buying me like a pirate's eye patch. <laughs> and <laughs> using that, I just put it over the one eye, and that way I could keep that eye open, and it was just black, and I could look into the scope because oh, it killed me right. to, to sit there and look through that for a, a really long time. Now, granted, if I want to look long distance and really tell what something is, or if I want to throw my phone scope on something, it's always my spotting scope. I mean, there, there's the glass is so amazing on it, and you can count nose hairs on a deer a, a mile with it. So pretty it's pretty amazing what we have it's funny how different we hunt i took a new guy out hunting with us this year on our colorado elk hunt and he just kind of wanted to learn how to do things differently he's always been one of those guys that just beats the brush and beats the timber and tries to jump something up and he's like i want to see how you guys how you hunt and i do i spend a lot of time behind glass i've, I've kind of learned to hunt smarter not harder and um man he's like you you spend a lot of time just looking through your your glass don't you I was like I do I really do I yeah behind binos I I spend you know if you have a day that's 10 hours of of sunlight gosh I I could spend about eight of those hours looking through glass so and looking through a spotting scope for eight hours gets very fatiguing yes (laughs) it sure does (laughs) also before we jump into kind of our topic of the day is uh Let's let's talk a little bit about what's going on at E Hunter. Anything that you have going on, Seth, that you want to share? Uh, just like usual, we we do our best to produce uh, new articles and content every week. There's there's always something coming out, even with the sporadic nature of uh, the hunting season. I, I do my best, and Taryn does his best to to constantly create some kind of news article or, or something that's going on in the world of hunting. So. Uh, We've always got new articles coming up. We've got some different uh, series that go on, like our, our Legends Never Die series is obviously very popular with the, the old books from Wyoming's Winter Range, but we've even got some uh, Legends of the Past type stuff, which is kind of in the middle of, of everything. Some animals that have been harvested, some old stories and things like that. Um, so it's been good, but like I say, it's it's hectic when hunting season comes. <laughs> it is, and I got to give kudos to Seth. Seth's been producing most of those articles lately, and um, yeah, kudos to you because it it has been tough during hunting season. We get very busy. I mean, we both have full time jobs, but then you know, once you get off the off the full time job, then you're loading up and running to the mountain as quickly as you can. Whether for me, it's been whether hunting for myself or mainly mine has been helping others hunt lately so um which is fun it's fun to get out and do that so but but seth appreciate you and and putting all those articles out and yeah everybody check <laughs> those out because um a lot of good information uh even though i mean right now is really when a lot of the hunting news is happening so and it's right there on the website yep lots of lots of uh poaching stuff recently yeah. which i mean Man. is understandable i mean it's not understandable understandable what Right. No, I say it's not understandable. <laughs> oh. But I see why it why it's happening because people are out being stupid more yep. so than earlier in the year. So that's why you're seeing more poaching stuff is because there are people out being dumb instead of following the rules and and during the middle of the summer it's less likely to happen because people aren't out, right, you know, shooting in the dark and <laughs> doing things they shouldn't be doing. There's a great way to combat that, though, guys, and that is 
send us your your hunting stories yeah we have a lot of poaching stories that are hitting the website because that's what a lot of people are reporting we would rather have hunting stories on there um, we posted up one recently hasn't been that long ago about um an awesome ram uh bighorn sheep that was killed the guy sent in the article and we we published it and guys we're happy to do that you know if you want if you have a special experience a special story hunting experience that you had send it in to us email us um would love to be able to share that on the website and uh share your experiences with everybody else because uh that's a whole lot cooler than a poaching story <laughs> yes yes and and like i say like karen said we're more than happy to, to edit that up and get it you know, even if you're not, you don't think you're the greatest article writer or whatever, we can help you out that way and, and get them published so people can, can see your successes. That's, that's what hunting's about, man, is that we work really hard to have that success. Yep. And send us your pictures. We've been getting tagged and people sending us uh, via DM on social media, pictures of their uh, harvest. Uh, send those in to us. I'd love to share them again share just the successes that that's what this is about is just having fun creating this uh, community of support one to another um, heaven knows that us as hunters need more support as much support as we can possibly get in in this world and so yeah we would love to be that that catalyst to help things you know get out there so that people can see it so share those with us hey one thing on the hunting news side uh, i'm sure most everybody's aware of this but uh, utah um, and the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo have uh, announced that they will be having the expo this coming year. Did you hear about that, Seth? <laughs> I have actually not. Uh, you've got the news writer with his pants down, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Uh, no, but I'm glad they are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, that's one thing that I'd really look for in February. What do we all do? I mean, we're all just sitting around waiting for something to happen. I guess we're applying for different hunts and that's exciting, but waiting for draw odds or success. Yeah. Success yeah. emails or unsuccessful emails more likely, but still, but we're kind of just sitting <laughs> on our, on our hands, reminiscing from the prior year, looking forward to the upcoming year. And I love the expo. Cause it's just like, I don't know. It gets you in it. It gets you excited. It's, it's fun. It's fun to just talk to everybody um, so they will be having the expo this year. I'm sure Seth and I will probably spend a, the majority of our time at the Vortex um, booth. So come and check, <laughs> you know, come visit with us there. Uh, that's kind of where we <laughs> spend our time each year, anyways. Um, but great booth, by the way. I don't know if you if you guys have been there, you know what I'm talking about. But that that Vortex booth is absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, super excited that that's going to be happening again this year so we probably will have an article coming out on it so that everybody knows that um that is happening uh, but wanted to get that out so everybody was aware of it and start planning for it I, in fact i think you can go on right now and start uh buying your your entry passes and things like that so anything else going on that we need to chat about seth before we jump into our topic? um i uh, think we i think we covered pretty well what's going on right now i know there's been a uh, a dip in youtube videos just because hunting season is is going on so mm -hmm. finding the time like terrence said with a, a full-time job and hunts on board to to record some videos has been a little tight but i'm sure we'll get back into that as as hunting season winds down yeah i got one really i got one queued up that's uh i've got mostly done but i got i'm waiting for one final piece to it which is my uh henry rifle 
review. It, the old Henry's going with me uh, next, not next week, but the week after on my Colorado deer hunt, and uh, hopefully we can spice that video up just a little bit. Love that gun, by the way, though. Oh my gosh, that gun is. So I, it's, I've had it's a... bringing home the meat, man. It's oh, got to be bringing home the meat, man. It can do it, dude. That thing is. Oh, the accuracy on that thing is amazing. Like, I haven't shot open sights forever, you know, and I'm not putting a scope on right. it. I'm leaving it traditional open sights. Like, it's going to be a, a fun gun. Uh, it's actually because that's what I grew up with. I had a, we had an open sight 3030 when I was a kid. And so I was like, oh, this is kind of nostalgic a little bit. And uh, so right. I took it out and just shot it and did a little bit of review. So I kind of some first impressions of it for the video. And man, that's a cool gun. A great shooting gun. Henry has, has like fine tuned this thing so i'm excited that's awesome cool well what we want to talk about today is um you know seth and i are, are we're headed to colorado in fact well i've been to colorado to hunt elk uh, a couple of weeks ago headed to colorado here in a, another couple of weeks to do a deer hunt seth's also headed to colorado for another deer hunt um but we like to hunt in other states uh obviously utah's our home state that's where we wanted to do most of our hunts because we're residents um, but it's a lot of fun to get outside of the of your home state. And actually, gosh, if you guys have hunted Utah this year, it's been rough. I mean, at least for me and the units that I've been hunting, it's it's really rough to find a good, solid, mature buck. Yeah, and it, and I think there's a lot of factors going into that. But I I know the drought mm -hmm. across the state <clears throat> really created some issues there. It really did. Yeah, and so, you know, when you're having those kind of years, you're kind of looking for, okay, what's that next state that's really going to blow up? You know, a few years ago, it was Colorado, and then, you know, it was Nevada, and, you know, you just kind of have these states that you're going for, and, you know, I, I bought my uh, my Wyoming points, and I'm like, okay, Wyoming, you know, maybe Wyoming's that next one that's going to be just fantastic, and, you know, so it, it's fun having those excuse me, those opportunities in other states to hunt. And so um, we kind of wanted to talk about some of the things that we do to uh, prepare to hunt in another state. A lot of it's going to be similar to what you do in your, in your own state. But um, there are some things that, uh, that I do personally to prepare to hunt in other states. And I'm sure, Seth, uh, you know, you're kind of the same way. So we kind of want to talk through, through some of those things. And so, Seth, I'm going to turn it over to you to, to kick us off. Um, what are some of the things that you're doing to prepare to go to Colorado and hunt deer this year? For this year, so I'm I'm uh, I'm a big time planner. Um, even my buddies are like, dude, you'll you'll be planning a hunt two years <laughs> ahead of time. So some of the things I do right from the beginning when I when I planned this hunt was obviously you got to find the unit. And let's be honest, it all comes down to what the person picking the place to hunt wants to do. Like you got to pick one. But once you get one picked, um. I go through and I just, because it's easier for me, I just build a list of, okay, what are the things I'm going to need on the mountain, not just hunting related, but lodging, uh, truck, you know, stuff to keep in your truck. I just build a list of all the things I can think of so that if I'm out there and I need something to make this hunt better, I've got it. And I know that's simple and people are like, yeah, no, no, no crap, obviously. But, but it is a huge thing to put it down to paper because you'd hate to be, you know, you've worried about so much other stuff. You get to Colorado, you hike back in a canyon, you shoot a buck, and you're two miles from the road, 
and for some reason in your haste you don't have game bags at all or whatever you know what i mean you you threw your outdoor edge knife in your backpack but you don't have the blades because <laughs> you left them somewhere or, or whatever so i know it's simple stuff but but a checklist really helps me make sure i've got what i need um and and i don't want to go too crazy and off on on the uh, side road here but to me, that's where I start on basically all my hunts. I did it a few years ago when we went to Idaho. I had the same basic concept. Okay, I need to have these things and make sure I'm headed in the right direction from the beginning. Um, but that that's usually where I start when it gets down to getting things ready to go. You know, one thing I'd add to that is keep that list. I do the same thing, yes. and I keep that list so that my next hunt, I can look at like okay, what is you know what on this list do I need to take, and what what you know what can I take off the ta- the list? Yep, and that's what I did. So when I went to Idaho, I had it saved on the computer because I type it up. I I type it up and print it out. <laughs> but I saved the the Idaho list, and then when Colorado came, I'm like, okay, what do I not need, and what do I need to add? And I just revise it, and at the top, I change the title, and it's no longer the Idaho list; it's the Colorado list. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm I'm the same way. Keeping that list and uh, yeah, because it's inevitable if you don't write it down like that, like like Seth's saying, write it down. If you don't, you're gonna forget something. Of course, one thing I have found, Seth, is on the trips that I do forget something, I usually have a pretty dang good trip. So you know, there's right little devil's advocate there. I've heard some horror stories though. I mean, I've seen guys leave with no ammunition. You know what I mean? The, the ammo can got left sitting on the countertop or whatever, and hopefully you remember before you get too far down the road. Um, <laughs> I've heard I've my uncle tells a story that they were it was actually after the hunt and they were loading up and uh, were loading all the stuff in the truck and they left the rifle sitting on the tire of the truck and drove off. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> luckily they were in luckily they were in the same state and fair, fairly close to where it happened. Um, and they drove back there, and sure enough, the rifle was still laying there in the gravel. Oh, so got gosh, lucky. Yeah. Um, but and not to say that's that you know having that list wouldn't have solved that issue because they were loading back up. But you don't want to forget something major that should have been easy to remember. But yeah, just even as you're loading the truck, you can just go through it. Okay, I've got this. I got this. I got this. Everything's in the truck. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, definitely. I'm. I got actually have a funny story about that. Um, a couple of years ago, when we were headed to Colorado to hunt, <laughs> so I this is when I lived in Colorado. But the other group of guys were coming from Southern Utah. They made it. I think they were four or five hours into the trip, and two of them remembered that they neither one of them had brought their tags with them. No, oh, no. <laughs> so. <laughs> So they had to turn around to call their wives and said, hey, we forgot our tags. Will you meet us halfway? So they met, I think they ended up meeting back in like Richfield, Utah, met their wives back there, got their tags, and then (laughs) had to drive back all the rest of the way. So I better put, I better make sure I've got that on the list. That is number one (laughs) on my list. You've just jogged my memory. I better double check. Oh, that would be a bad time. Because oh, all was... my luck, I wouldn't. I wouldn't remember until I was in rifle, and I'm six hours from home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
That's a, I think that's a great thing. I, I really do. I think preparing to hunt another state because you know when you're hunting your own your own state, usually you're pretty close to home. If you forget something, you can go home and get it. And, and you know another good something to remember: if you do forget something, most places there's going to be a Bass Pro Sportsman's something close by. But it sucks having to buy something that you already own. So make that list and uh, check it twice, like Santa Claus. So <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> You know, one of the things that I really like to do um, before I go to another state is, well, study the regulation brochure. I think that's a, a kind of a no-brainer for most people is study that brochure and make sure you're familiar with it and know um, kind of what's on it. But one thing that I do is I actually download the brochure to my phone. So I'm an iPhone user. I don't know about those ancient people that use uh, Android phones. I, I don't know Me why you and do you that are anyway, gonna fight so. right now. We're gonna fight right now. <laughs> Android uh, Android is a electronics company, and Apple is a lifestyle company. The sooner that you realize that, the better off you'll be. Well, that's like, why I'm, apples are expensive and flashy and show how cool they are. And that's why Androids work because they're an electronic company and they know they are. <laughs> uh, I care more about my lifestyle than my electronics anyway. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but okay. Back to my point here is so on an iPhone, I'm sure you can do this on an Android. And if you have questions, you can call Seth because he can probably walk you through it. But um, his number is four three five. I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, you can blow it up. It's yeah. fine. I might not answer, but <laughs> it's okay. But you can download the uh, the brochure to your files on your iPhone, uh, which is super helpful. So I was on my hunt in Colorado, my elk hunt in Colorado a couple of weeks ago, where we don't have service. I mean, there, we can hike up onto this bluff where we get service. Uh, even at that, it's it's pretty spotty. Probably not enough to download a PDF. And so um, prior to the hunt, I'll go in and I'll I'll actually save the the big game brochure or whatever I'm hunting the brochure to my phone so that. You know, I'm sitting on top of the mountain. I have a question like, oh, how much orange do I really need to wear? Or, um, you know, for an elk, what's a legal bull? Does it have to, how big does that brow tine actually have to be? You know, whatever the case may be, um, then I can just pull it up and, and look at it there. I know, I know the regulations. That way I don't have to guess because I would say, you know, hunting in a different state, regulations are different. And you may be used to doing something one way. Like in Wyoming, you only have to wear an orange hat. That's all you have to wear. Colorado, you have to have so many cubic inches of of yeah. orange, and so Idaho, Idaho, they don't even make you. It's yeah. suggested. Yeah, exactly. It's suggested, but you don't have to wear any if you don't want to. Some states allow the pink, the fluorescent pink. But um, my point is, is you know, if you're sitting in, sitting at the top of a mountain in Colorado, thinking, "Crap, do I have enough orange, or don't I have enough orange, or do I know what kind of bull?" I can shoot. If you have to guess, that's really going to impact your decision when it comes time to pull that trigger. And so, be prepared. Oh. You know, know that know the regulations as best you can. But you can't memorize the book. But download it to your phone and uh, and have it there readily available. Sorry, Seth, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, even rifle regulations differ from state to state. Yeah. Not a question so much on elk, but but on deer. I mean, some states let you shoot them with a. 22 caliber some of them it's got to be a 24 25 so that's also a question i mean if you love hunting with a 22 250 or a let's just say a 243 some states are weird some of them won't let you hunt with that gun so it's 
it's nice to have that because you'd hate to, you know, right before your hunt, you're like, well, I'm taking this, and then you didn't download the regs or read the regs, and you can't even hunt with the gun you were going to take. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, do that preparation. You know, we have another podcast. You guys can check it out. Seth and I talked about, you know, preparing for those hunts, and we talked a lot about e-scouting and, and things like that. Um, and during that time, that is a great time to be doing this these, this reading and preparing. And, you know, like Seth said in, in his point was, you know, you decide which unit you're going to hunt, uh, which, is, which is great. But once you decide that, and then really focus on what those regulations are because, man, it suck if you got out there and shot – an animal of a lifetime and then got busted and didn't get to keep that animal or got a fine or lost your hunting I privileges mean, or, you know, it, it can go downhill pretty quickly. So, well, you know and, and certain, certain states do point restrictions on elk and deer. Mm-hmm. It, it sucked to be hunting somewhere and you, you shoot a great big two by two, you know, just mm-hmm. weird mutated buck, but you get in trouble even though he's five or six years old. He's not a four or three point on one side exactly. and you're in trouble. Exactly. So. so I think that's huge. And I can't tell you how many times I'm laying in my cot, can't go to sleep. And so I'll pull up that brochure and start reading some things that I have questions about. And they change every year. That's what's, you know, for the most part, it still, it stays the same, but there are those changes every year. And so stay on top of it. Don't want to be busted. So yeah. that's one of the things I would that's- highly recommend if you're hunting another state. That's why the book's a hundred plus pages every year. <laughs> hey, and some people have a you know photographic memory, and they can look at that and have it memorized, and you know they're comfortable going on that hunt, not having it in the hills, or they think, oh well, I'll have service, and we'll be able to just pull it up and look at it if I have a question. Well, if you've hunted, you know that for the most part, you don't have service. There's a reason the Onyx has a, a offline map that you can download because <laughs> you're not going to be in hey. service most of the time. You just segued into my next point. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Um, Whether you have a GPS or a phone, most guys use their phone nowadays, make sure your uh, maps are downloaded and ready to go. Because I can tell you right now, even hunting my own state here in Utah, uh, you think you're going to hunt one place, you get there, the deer hunting sucks, you've only downloaded so many maps, and you want to go to another end of the unit, and you have no maps downloaded, if you don't have service, uh, they work sometimes. You know, it, it kind of works. But uh, I would definitely download as many maps as you, especially where you're out of state and you don't know what the service is going to be like. Download an excessive amount of maps. You can always go back and delete them to cover that unit where you ever might end up being. And that's, you know, applicable. I, 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 don't, I use Onyx because that's what I use, but... You know, I already say Onyx because that's what I use and Seth through the same way. But whether it's base map, whether it's whoever's map system you use, I think they all, well, maybe tell me if I'm wrong, Seth. They all have a way to, or a, a download off an offline mode, right? So I've used both, uh, and I shouldn't say both because there's even more now, but yeah. I've used base map and Onyx. They both have downloadable maps. I don't know about the Go Hunt situation mapping i've not used it i would imagine um, and then they would have it i would think it's probably pretty much needed I, yeah. I don't see how they could get away away with not having it so. we don't hunt in places that have service so just flat out we don't hunt plate those places you know what lte stands even... for don't you hmm. less time and effort hunting 
<laughs> that's what LTE stands for. Once that LTE clicks on your phone, oh, it's over. You're checking Facebook. Yep, you're screwed. No hunting's happening. And, and, and the thing is, is even in places that you get it, uh, at least my phone, you can speak for your own, I don't know, but I've noticed if, if my phone drops from 5G to 4G to even like 2G or just whatever, 1X or whatever, the the app or the, the mapping system will have issues. That must be an Android you're... thing. I don't know. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Android thing. I, th I think it's a, a, a satellite issue. But uh, um, but I've noticed, and, and like I say, it's not an issue if your maps are downloaded. But if you're in a spot where you're not, you're not going to think you need it, and then all of a sudden you're out there and your service drops, and you're like, well, I'm on some road. I have no idea where it takes me out to, or I'm on a trail, and I have no idea where it's going to drop me out at. Uh, I should have downloaded a map. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. No, I, that's actually, that's honestly one of the first things that I start doing when I get a tag, which is sad, but yeah, clear back in May or whenever I drew um, Colorado tags, I, I went in and made sure that I had those maps downloaded. I just, I do not want to forget that. Granted, my, my deer hunt is, it's kind of, we kind of glamp. We do some glamping on that hunt. <laughs> um we have wi-fi <laughs> where we stay so you know i could download it there but you're 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 a little more glamorous than we are yeah we that told we don't hey have, dude we my don't elk hunt, any cell service but dude my, my colorado elk hunt though that's a that's a butt kicker man we i hike yeah i hiked what six miles uphill with a 50 pound pack on my back oh it was it was horrendous but and no service, no both. nothing. That was not glamping uphill at all. both ways. Uphill both snow. ways. Stayed in the snow. Oh, actually, <laughs> yeah, the snow wasn't bad. It was the mud. Man, it was so yeah. muddy. Like it was seriously. I wish I would have taken my gaiters. I didn't. But the mud was going up to the top of my boots. Like I was like, oh crap, this is not mm -hmm. going to be good. Not this is not a good way to start out the hunt. But anyways, I digress. Download the maps. Yeah, I agree. That's a great, great recommendation, Seth. Yeah. Um, my next one um, that I do or I like to do actually I don't do it. it's not the next one that I do it's one that I'll actually usually do the week before I go on a hunt we kind of talked about this in our last podcast or our, our podcast that we kind of talked about preparing for the hunts which is contact a, a wildlife biologist so things change from year to year and obviously you know I haven't spent a lot of time in the unit I have spent zero time in the unit that I deer hunt since I hunted it last year and so um the week before the the hunt, I call the I'll call the wildlife biologist and just say, hey, you know, can you tell me a little bit about what's going on in the unit? Has the rut kicked in, or the deer have the deer moved down? Um, you know, what are we looking for? The burn areas, whatever the case may be, talk through through those things. You know, wildlife biologists, some of them are hunters, some of them aren't. So you kind of got to take what they say with a grain of salt. Um, but it, they give you a good idea of like you know where the deer are at at that time. Uh, where they're seeing different things, whether they're seeing them high, low in the fields, up in the timber, or whatever the case may be, they they, they kind of give you a general idea of of where to uh, to start. Obviously, once you lay eyes on the the unit, everything changes. You know, um, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. But um, have that plan going into it, and then make that plan better when you when you get there and see it. But if you if you can talk to the uh, the wildlife biologist, then you can put a plan together. Once you 
are headed that way. So that's one thing that I always do. I don't know if you've had much experience calling wildlife biologists, Seth, in, in, as you've gone out of state. Uh, I typically call them earlier in the year, but that's a good idea to call them later. I usually call them, you know, August, September, because they're not as busy. Mm -hmm. So I know I'll get a hold of them. But that is a really good idea because it's going to give you a more up-to-date uh, idea of what's going on. That's a good point because uh, they are busy this time of year and they do get a lot of phone calls this year. So you may not get them the first time you call. I always just say, hey, this is Taryn with eHunter. I know Seth King and they usually call me right back within <laughs> seconds. So that's yeah, usually the, the way I, I go. You guys can I... use that same tactic if you want. Count, tell them. Tell them that, but I'm telling you right now, as soon as they hear it, they're going to be like, oh my, this guy, he calls me all the time and I never call him back because he's annoying. I'm not going to call this guy back either. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I got to give it up. And I know there's some of my life biologists that listen to this podcast, um, or certain, there's several actually. And then I've got a good friend that's a wildlife biologist and I got to just say, those guys, they're awesome. Like they love their job. And they're so cool about helping people out, you know, again, they're not, some of them aren't hunters. Some of them haven't hunted their unit that they cover, but um, they will help out in any way they can. A lot of the info is just general info, but guys, it's better than walking into it blind. You know, some general info is better than walking into your unit like, okay, now I got to figure it out. And you spend the first two or three days of your hunt trying to figure things out and then you really only get like two or three days to hunt. So yeah, I like calling them the week before. That way I get the most up-to-date info. Yep. And then, and it's just a quick sidebar there. It's not preparing for the actual hunt sometimes, but even hunts in advance. Like if you're trying to figure out a unit and you've got two, three, four in a general area that the same biologist might know about, call them and say, Hey, I've got X amount of points. I'm looking at these two units. Let's compare and contrast. And all the times I've talked to them, they're more than happy to say, well, I, you know, maybe go this way or that way. Uh, I know it's not for this specific hunting season or a hunt right up front, but it is a good thing to keep in your back pocket if you're trying to decide between some units. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I got one more, Seth. Do you have any more that you want to share? Um, I have a quick one, and it's kind of entry level and basic, but it's it's almost a. I don't even know if it's a prepare. Um, when you get to where you're going, before you go into the field. Find a place to stop and shoot your weapons. Yeah. Because if you're traveling, you never know. Yep. You never know, and you would hate yourself if you didn't check and you have a trophy of a lifetime get away because your gun was off. Yep. Oh, that's huge. That, that's, I don't think that's a small one. I think that's a really good point. Uh, yeah. It's, well, you just never know. I mean, things get bumped around. I mean, hopefully you've been shooting your gun several weeks before but yeah if you're traveling long distance you know i mean some of these i'm traveling 12 hours plus to go hunting and so especially especially if you fly like especially if you fly too because them you never know how your stuff's going to be treated um Mm -hmm. but even even driving you know stuff shifts maybe a cooler flips over and yeah your gun's cased but you never know one little bump might ruin a hunt so exactly you know and not just guns though bows too you know uh, i yep. in fact usually when i get to camp with my bow that's the first one of the first things i do once the camp is set up i throw out the target start shooting 20 30 40 yards just to make sure everything is where it needs to be 
Because, yeah, like Seth said, you will be pissed at yourself if you go to <laughs> make that shot yeah. and can't make it. It's off or, oh, that makes you sick. Just you don't want to be the guy that tells the story of how you missed a 180 class buck because <laughs> don't be <laughs> you didn't check guy. your stuff when you when you got there because like i say we all have stories where we missed when the weapon was on how are you gonna tell a guy yeah i had a bucket 250 300 yards and i shot three feet above his back because <laughs> <laughs> the scope was messed up you know yeah that's the thing is there's so much that's not controllable in hunting you know, we can't control where the deer are going to be at. We can't control what the wind's going to do or the weather's going to do. So that's hunting. You know, it, there's just so many things that aren't controllable. Making sure your gun's sighted in and still sighted in, that's controllable. So control the things that you can control. Yep. My last thing is just, you know, ha- enjoy it, guys. Uh, you know, I, I've been a runner my whole life. I love to, to run, which I know there's a lot of guys like, holy cow, you're a freaking idiot, Taryn. But... Um, <laughs> It's funny because I've almost uh, centered my my vacation trips around running, and so like when I go to uh, if I'm got a race in wherever, we'll like vacation around it. Kind of the same point, you know, with hunting is is make this an enjoyable experience, you know, whatever that experience is. If going out and hiking 14 miles a day, sleeping in a tent in a foot of snow and whatnot if that's what's fun to you which uh, I, that's what my elk hunt is i love that do that just just make it make it whatever it is to be fun for you and enjoyable um we don't get many opportunities to hunt in our own states and we definitely don't get enough opportunities to hunt in other states so take advantage of it make it fun make it enjoyable and uh yeah just just enjoy guys so i think that's not a prepare yeah. or anything like that but just to, enjoy that's yeah that's a point taryn makes a good point so if you're a a goofball history nerd like me or taryn when it comes to the old west the old west type of thing a lot of the times we're hunting in areas where old west history happened very nearby if you're into that stuff even if it's on the way home take a detour for an hour and and check some stuff out i mean it's tons of stuff happened in this in the western side of the united states and especially if you're coming west to hunt and you can experience some some different things even on the way home or on the way coming in it it uh, can make it even that much more enjoyable so perfect example i i went to uh, south dakota to hunt turkeys a few of my buddies you know met up in in denver and drove up to uh the black hills to hunt turkeys well we're in the black hills of south dakota you got to go to Mount Rushmore while you're there, you know, just, it, it's just cool. You know, it's cool to do those kind of yep. things. Yeah. Just make it enjoyable. Again, whatever that, whatever enjoyable is to you. If it's glamping at an Airbnb cabin where you have Wi-Fi and you can watch football games and whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, have fun Sounds with like it. Sounds like you're speaking from experience. I don't know. No, I've never done that before. All mine are really tough hunts. Um, <laughs> or, <laughs> you liar. Or, or if it's a butt kicker and... You come home and eat 10,000 calories a day to try to make up for the things that you lost. You know, it's there. Everybody has their mindset of what fun is, but man, hunting in a different state can be so much fun. It gives you an opportunity to see different countries, see different places, and uh, just, yeah, just get out in the hills and, and see the beauty of, of God's green earth. So, well, guys, people can back. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was just, I was just going to say, people can bag on the, 
the glamping, but when you're deer hunting in November and it's snowing and it's like 12 degrees, yeah. it's really nice to come home to a place, a home, quote unquote, to a place that's got heat, uh, warm beds, you're not sleeping on the hard, cold ground, uh, you can cook a hot meal and don't have to eat. Not that I don't like peak and mountain house, but you don't have to <laughs> one of those. You can you can actually cook some dinner and, it, you know, glamping's okay from time to time. <laughs> yep, it is. It's it's fun. I, I like both. I like I like to do anything and everything. As long as I'm hunting, hunting I'm pretty pretty dang happy but yeah i agree when it's uh, it was negative 10 last year it was pretty nice to go back to a a nice warm comfortable bed and a warm meal uh yeah it was fantastic so yeah. well guys hopefully this stuff helps you as you uh, get ready to go to another state to to hunt you know and i guess actually more than anything i hope it motivates you look for that next great state there's there's so many opportunities out there colorado we, we did a podcast on uh, different states from different opportunities. Colorado has so many opportunities to hunt for people that are out of state. When I was on my elk hunt a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to people from Florida and Massachusetts and Kansas and just just all over the map. Um, it, it's it's just there's just so much opportunity. Other Western states have a lot of opportunity, you know. And it's not just big game. I mean, you can do turkey, you can do upland game. You can there's just so much opportunity. So hopefully this motivates you guys, makes you want to get out and uh and do these different hunts and and experience some some things that you haven't in the past um before we go guys make sure to check out ehunter.com um like seth said new articles going up all the time please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast subscribe to our youtube channel um follow us on social media we're really trying to be anywhere and everywhere that you guys uh need us to be trying to be the ultimate resource for you guys we appreciate the the support that you guys are giving us Please give us a little grace during the hunting season with our podcast and our YouTube videos, but uh, I promise as soon as hunting season's over, uh, you guys won't regret it. We should have some good content coming up for you. So, Seth, anything to add before we close? I think you covered it pretty well on that outro. Cool. All right, guys. Appreciate you. We'll see you on the next one. See ya.